0: Hey, everybody. It's uh, Colton Stombaugh with the Inspire Podcast, and welcome back to the audience. Uh, today, we'll be talking with Andy Forrester with Academy Leadership and Dale Dean, CEO of Dean Houston, uh, to talk a little bit about what leadership development and focusing on leadership in your organization is can do not just for your short-term business results, but also long-term, uh, especially with getting kind of the state, everything, looking into recovery with COVID. Um, so, Andy, thanks for joining us. If you would mind uh, hopping in with a quick intro on yourself, it'd be great.
1: Sure, delighted to. I uh, got into the leadership development business because it's a passion of mine. It's a passion because I started as a leader in the Navy, Naval Academy and submarines, and then spent 30-some years in the private sector doing everything from engineer to CEO. And one of the biggest things I found that I enjoyed doing and that worked for me was developing the leaders that reported to me, that were running business units. And so that's my thing now, is helping other leaders develop and helping companies develop their leaders. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thanks for inviting me appreciate it.
0: And Dale, how about you?
2: Well, you know, uh, I'm, I'm the CEO of Dean Houston, founded the company 32 years ago. And, uh, you know, I think uh, leadership development is extremely important, you know, to me, as, uh, as I expressed to Andy, that's how Andy and I got hooked up, you know, trying to develop the next generation. And really, not even really the next generation trying to create an organization that is leaders from the, from, from every position up, you know, and I, as I expressed to Andy a long time ago, I said, you know, it, it's, it comes natural to me because even though I love what I do and, and I'm a creative guy, the thing I found that I get the most satisfaction out of is helping other people stretch themselves to levels that they probably never even knew that they could attain and, uh, and I get great satisfaction out of seeing people develop like that, you know? So this whole leadership program is de- designed to help people to see, understand, and to, uh, to be able to expand their leadership capability. And, uh, Andy's done
0: a great job for us in making that happen, you know? So, uh,
2: so yeah, glad, glad to be here, man. It's a great topic.
0: Yeah, no, and I, I think it's more timely than ever, right? You know, I, I'll, I'll spare our audience the exposition, you know, but it's, uh, start a, Q3 here in uh, July 2020, and and obviously the the business and economic landscape and, and almost every sector has shifted quite a bit, you know. And with that, organizations have had to to shift and and kind of pivot quickly too, you know. So leadership is something that that it's a very common topic and maybe more important than ever before. Um, so when we think about that, you know, Andy, being the, the leadership expert and seeing so much of it for, you know, both from military angle and private sector, um, you know, to kind of jump into this, what do you see as kind of being the differences in core tenets of leadership in times when things are shifting, you know, very quickly? And, and how are you addressing that subject
1: with the, the organizations you work with? So that's a great question. Well, the big difference at times like these is just the pace of change and the fact that some of the situations we're dealing with her are a little bit out, outside the normal bounds. Usually parameters, business parameters are between X and Y, and all of a sudden they're they're out here somewhere. And, and that requires uh, some flexibility and adaptability that uh, may or may not be in the organization. And it's... I think one of the reasons that Dean Houston is doing so well is Dale for years has embraced developing leaders at all levels who are empowered and ready to, to assess the environment and the situation they're actually in and close that, that gap and uh, respond to those problems quickly. Not every organization is. Some organizations didn't do the preparation ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're entering into this in, in not so good a shape to begin with. Some may be unavoidable. Some, some whole industries are kind of like retail was already having difficulty, and now at least portions of retail. And now this is pushing them over the cliff in some ways. And maybe there was nothing that could be done about that. But other organizations came into this time and could have prepared better, they could have spent more time getting folks ready to adapt, to think, to set goals, to prioritize, so they'd be ready to, to shift and be flexible and agile, and they didn't do that. They entered into this with a leadership group that maybe was weaker than it should have been and couldn't, couldn't change fast enough. So I think, yeah, and if
2: I can add to that, Andy, I- I think to to your point is it's kind of a cultural thing, you know, so if you, if you had a culture, like you said, you know, for me, I've always wanted to develop, uh, you know, people and I got great satisfaction out of seeing our all levels, you know, of people develop to the, you know, their skills in this area. And, and, you know, it's, it's, since we already had a culture like that we're trying to build leaders throughout the whole organization, we were better equipped than most companies were Absolutely. So, yeah. So I think that to your point is that it doesn't mean companies can't adapt quickly and get to that point. Mm -hmm. But I think that you're right. That that gave us a huge advantage, you know, uh, being able to organize quickly, to adapt uh, quickly because we're not doing anything different from our leadership standpoint. But what happens is like anything is that when you're put under pressure, our focus became very crystal clear, you Mm -hmm. know. But then we had an entire organization of people who, were, who understood it, they understood what leadership is, and they understood what they had to do. Sometimes you're a leader, sometimes you're a follower it, it, in this particular environment, you know, and it can switch in an hour, you know. So everybody in the organization understood what leadership meant. It wasn't a title and it wasn't a hierarchical position. It was who is the best person to lead at this particular moment in these particular areas, understanding what our mission is. So, um, so I think you're you're absolutely dead on right there.
1: Yeah, well said.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. I think that that's an incredible insight, you know, and it really, you know, helps helps show the importance of prior planning, you know, and and making this a leadership development and and making that part of the culture is part of just kind of your your normal operations because you never know when something might happen. And I think that's an incredible insight, but I'm yeah. helping that a little bit, you know, Andy. So, and I, I know since you're working in the leadership and in organizational development world day to day, I can only imagine you've had a lot of conversations lately with leaders that have been, um, you know, in organizations that have, have kind of been behind the eight ball a little bit here, maybe hadn't looked at that prior planning approach beforehand. So what's the advice you have? Maybe some of our audience might be in that position where they're looking and seeing all these pivots and might be in a state of panic. I mean, what are, what are your first kind of do's and don'ts or, or kind of caveats there going into this situation with organizations that might not have had the foresight?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, it, it brings this whole conversation, kind of brings in mind an old adage about what's the best time to plant a tree? Well, it was 20 years ago. What's the second best time yeah. to plant a tree? Right now <laughs> It's not going to get any better. I, I think the same thing goes with developing leaders. And Dale, you make a great point. A lot of these leadership skills, they're not just for the executives or the, the senior leaders at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of these skills or attributes that you want your leaders to build, you want at all levels of the organization. So people are ready to step up. I mean, you yep. couldn't have built trust with their coworkers and everything.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Who shouldn't be a capable communicator and soliciting feedback and making sure the message is clear and everything? But if I could take,
2: if you could take one step back from that though, Andy, you know, I think that it really starts with with everyone in the organization beginning first, Colton, with understanding what the company's mission is, all right? Like, what? why do you exist? What, what are you trying to pursue? And then to Andy's point, it's like, you know, everyone in the organization, once they understand the mission and it's crystal clear to them, you know, that as the CEO, that title should mean chief empowering officer. It, it is to, to, to make people clear on what the mission is, to support people to do that, teach them what it means to be a leader or to give them the guidance on that. And that can come from all different levels and across horizontally and vertically. And then to Andy's point, then, you know, it's like you can start that at any time. You know, but it starts with understanding what your mission is and what you stand for. Uh, that, that I think that's the most important aspect of this.
1: Yeah, and I think, Dale, you're exactly right about that. One of the things that happens in a crisis is all the carefully laid plans kind of go out the window. Uh, there's the old thing in the military about no, no plan survives the first bullet being shot at you. <laughs> and everybody's got to start being flexible there. And at that point, you know, you're responding to the environment. That doesn't mean it's chaos, though. If you understand what the objective is, the mission, everybody can still point to that. So, so for example, an adage I really like is, is this idea of you go to a construction site, you ask one mason, what are you doing? He says, I'm laying brick. Go to the next mason, he says, well, I'm putting up a wall. The third one says, I'm building a cathedral. It's the person building the cathedral that knows What still needs to happen if a tornado comes through or a hurricane or something and blows all the bricks down or, you know, really messes things up? But now they've got to recover and go make something happen.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: The person that was just laying brick has no idea. It's just a mess laying there on the ground. The person that knew that they were building a cathedral still knows the plan may change a little bit here. The time frame may change a little bit here. But at the end of the day, we're still going to have a great house of worship. Yeah. Still going to mm-hmm. make it happen. So I, yeah. Dale's absolutely right that the foundational thing is core purpose, mission, values. And then on top of that, you start layering in, you know, know yourself, know your people, know some leadership. Yeah.
2: And that's, where, is, that's where the academy leadership, that's where that, that training, Andy, I love that because – you know, from a leadership standpoint, I got to tell you, it, it, like you were talking about in a moment of crisis, you know, mm-hmm. Colton, you know, I looked at it, and, you know, when this thing first came down, you know, the COVID thing, uh, naturally, you know, uh, you, you have to step back and you're, you're kind of like you said, Andy, it's like that first bullet has, has hit, you know, and it's like, yeah. so, so, you know, kind of at first, you know, you kind of rattles you, you know, for a moment and it's like, Hey, wait a minute, let's, 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 let's get refocused. Let's lean on our mission. What do we stand for? What's our purpose? What are our core values? And, and you have to bring yourself back to that, you know? And, and then you have to say, like, wait a minute here. Okay, what do I need to do first, all right? And, and you know, to your point there, it's like i got to make sure everybody stays focused on the big mission here. Like what's the big picture? You know, we got to keep everybody focused on the goal, motivated towards this mission. And what was our mission, Colton? Like I told you guys, I said, hey, the most important thing to us right now is our customers, if we're going through this, Think about it. They're going through the same thing. Let's reach out to them. Let's find out what we need to do to help them. Take the take the take the uh, the focus off of us and our concerns, awesome. and let's focus on the customer. Okay. Now, now I will say there was a there was a method to that madness though, and here's what it is: that once people know that they're taken care of, that you that you care about them, you have empathy. And what we did with our leadership, Andy, is, you know, we got everybody in the company together, every employee, and we let them know, like, our mission is to build a business of enduring value. That means this isn't a short-term, short-time game for us. We're going to play it to win it. So everybody here is safe. Everybody needs to team up. One team, right. one mission. We're going to go after this thing. But right now, I want everybody to focus on our customers and make this yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I think, you know, like, leaning on the mission and the purpose – and, and making everybody think about, like, oh, yeah, that's why we're here. Our customers are the ones we should be worried about. we got to help them keep their businesses on track, you know. And, right. And, and so, you know, we're going to make a lot of mistakes along the way. I mean, you got to get comfortable with being wrong when you're a leader. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, that's, that's just an aspect of this. But, but, like, you were giving the example when you're out there on that submarine and, and all of a sudden your, your, your plan gets kind of, you know, altered. It's like, what did you do? You told me this great thing one time, Andy. It was very inspirational to me. We were talking about grit, if you remember that. It's like, what do you think? What is grit? You know, And I was like, you know what grit is to me? It is people will have different levels of grit depending on their level of purpose. And this is kind of what this centers back to. So, so you were talking a little bit about that and, and gave me your perspective on as a, as a military guy. And I'm not a military guy, so if you could share that with Colton because I thought it was really awesome you know the way you brought that that back and said yeah that's that gives your guys purpose and they're focused on what they need to do then you know and that's that's leadership in the moment it's situational but you need to do it in crisis you know you do yeah absolutely
1: do and and that's one of the things I liked uh about the military the the service everybody's crystal clear because you take an oath of office and everybody takes the same oath of office, and then you go off and fly airplanes, do submarines, or you know blow things up as a seal or something. But at the beginning, everybody takes that oath. And it's all about uh, preserving and protecting the Constitution of the United States against all enemies. It's there's nothing fuzzy about that, and it's not long and drawn out. Now, what does that mean? You need to go do well. Then it gets you know missions. Deploy and you go overseas, you're all kinds of places, but at the end of the day you know that that's that's what you're all about and typically <clears throat> a lot of planning goes in, and there's the concept of operations so okay that's that's kind of the the core kernel there. Now you're out in the middle of the ocean somewhere and something comes up well whatever you were doing, whatever operation you were part of, typically there's a concept of operations that gets put out. And under that, it's more of a detailed plan. But it's pretty well understood that when that first bullet gets fired, when something happens, the details are going to have to start changing. But you know that the whole concept of operations, and where everybody need to end up and, and what things need to happen. And at that point, all of the leaders of different ships or within the ship can kind of structure themselves around going and still making that happen, even though it's got to happen in a different way now. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's that flexibility, that empowerment. And, and I think that's one of, the, one of the reasons in the military, there's so much focus on leadership development. So you've got capable leaders at all levels who are empowered To go make stuff happen. Everybody doesn't have to check back with the headquarters to say, what should I do next? Because that suddenly becomes a choke point. And all of your communication systems, by the way, become a target because they know, the bad guys would know that everybody's paralyzed until they can hear back from headquarters. So if you can sever that link, everything's over. Kind of interesting in the Cold War, that was was actually a big benefit or advantage that the Western powers had. They, they, They deployed leaders who knew what to go do the Soviet system was a lot more headquarters specific. They didn't even want to give maps to people out in the field because they were afraid they'd defect or something. And, uh, and so they were a lot more paralyzed when anything deviated. And you know,
2: Andy, so much- that, that brings up one point that I forgot here. And when I say the chief empowering officer, you know, one of the things I was talking about earlier was I said, you know, when, when this crisis first came out, we said, you know, like, Hey, we, let's, let's, let's just remember what our mission is. We're building a business of enduring value. So we're going to, we're going to survive. That's what we're out here to do right. so what we need to do to keep this thing going forever. All right. That's number one. So, so leaning on our mission, our purpose, our core values, but the thing you just mentioned there was, and then the, the fourth part of is trusting your people and right. that's where this leadership training that you do, that you've been providing for us and the culture of our organization is I know these people are trained. They have all the leadership skills. What I had to do at my leadership role at that point was to do those three things. Hey, guys, this is our mission. I just want to focus everybody's attention on it. Just remember what our purpose is. It's to take care of our customers. That's how we're going to achieve our mission. And our core values say they come first. We're, we're, We're going to worry about them and make sure they're okay. Each of you, each of them. And then finally, okay, now go out and do it. And I got to tell you what, man, that's what has given our organization so much power. And what you said was, what I can trust is this from your from your training. Know yourself. All of our leaders know who they are. And they know who each other, all the other leaders are because they've been through that training and they know that. Yeah. The other thing is know your people. <laughs> Everybody on their teams, they knew those people understood the whole leadership structure. They understood their role. So they knew which people to, to, to lean on more than the others, you know, and then yeah. know their stuff. These are really highly trained people. The worst thing I can do as a leader is get in their way. You know, yeah. matter of fact, you know, um, <clears throat> you know, one of my favorite, uh, you know, quotes by, uh, you know, Lao Tzu was, uh, you know, you know, a leader is uh, best when people barely know that he exists or she is. that is. the
0: truth? You know? When yeah. his
2: work is done, uh, his aim is fulfilled. They'll say, we did it ourselves all right that's all i did i just gave these guys the the, like hey refocus on the mission remember why we're here take care of your customers forget about this situation we're not in a bad situation our customers are right and and then our leaders that that from your training they they have taken that and they deployed it and i gotta tell you i'm proud as heck of all of them because of the way they've done this you know but I attribute that to this leadership training that they're getting. You know, it's just a fantastic stuff. You know, so well,
1: thanks. I, I appreciate that, and it's music to my ears to hear well, that. I got to tell, tell you,
2: I got to <laughs> tell you, Andy, and and I think uh, you know, I, I I think I think I've shared this with you before, but you know, uh, we have this program internally at Dean Houston. It's called Lead Plus. Okay, mm-hmm. now the Plus is part of the Dean Houston Plus. You know, and the Plus are all the great people that make us successful. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, our Lead Plus program, I had a whole criteria laid out for that. And one of the component parts of that is I wanted to have expert formal training for the for leadership development. And as you know, I was looking at all different types of leadership training programs. And, uh, you know, Andy and I have known each other for a long time. And Andy told me, like, hey, I, I'm, I'm – you know running this uh, this academy leadership training program it's all made up of military you know former west point and annapolis you know officers and and you know i'll be honest with you you know it's like i'm thinking like i don't run a military type establishment you know i mean i'm i'm a very it's a very collaborative uh empathetic um uh, empowering kind of an ori- so this is my perception Andy, okay So I'm like, no, I, 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 but because I respect Andy, I said, look, I'll tell you what, I'll come and sit through one of your sessions and get an idea so that I could come back to him and say like, nah, I'm not into this, you know, unfortunately, (laughs) or fortunately, I should say unfortunately for for my point of view, but, but, uh, but luckily, you know, it's uh, my open mindedness on that was like, whoa, wait a minute. Everything these guys are doing is perfectly aligned with, I had no idea, you know, I thought the military was like very rigid and, you know, like, and, and I think it, it it's just what we're talking about. It's like, be crystal clear on these things and you know, on the mission, on the purpose, uh, trust your people like focus everything around core values. And, and, uh, and I'll tell you, that's why we ended up selecting, you know, then Academy Leadership for our leadership program, our, our development program, because of those that that training and that value base that you have, you know, it's like it was perfectly aligned with us, you know, and and it really gives me a different perspective of the military too, I will say that. So yeah I that's,
1: know. Uh, it's it's amazing. It and maybe I ought to quit talking about the military so much. I actually have people that have come up to me. We do this one particular module. Colton's been through it, right? Where we're talking about creating a motivating environment. And we talk about really getting to know your people and 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 Caring about your people. I mean, love's not too strong a word for that. And folks have come up to me afterwards and said, wait a minute, I thought you guys just yelled at each other. I have to say, really, do you you think that people walk outside the wire every day, losing friends to IEDs or whatever, depending on what what you're doing, and they do that because they got yelled at? Would you do that because you got yelled at? that's, that's not really how it works at all.
2: No, not the so, all, man. Yeah. So, uh, so I was pleasantly, not only pleasantly surprised with that, Andy, but you know, it, it really, uh, you know, solidified for me that it was the right leadership program for us. It's been super, super effective. So, you know, I know Colton, you know, that, that you really want to talk about, uh, you know, Academy leadership, kind of the foundation and all that. And, and, you know, I just wanted to say that, you know, that is why we selected Academy Leadership, because, you know, of those, uh, you know, of that foundation that you're setting. And it's proving to be very effective in this moment of crisis with us, you know, with our leaders, because we're not missing a beat, man. I'm going to tell you, all of our people are dialed in. They all understand what's expected of them as leaders. They all understand that empathy towards their direct reports and to help make their direct reports leaders. Is all part of this, and everyone's focus is on making sure we're taking care of each other and taking care of our customers, and and that all comes uh, stems from this, you know. So
0: uh, yeah, great. Yeah, so thank you. I, yeah, that's why I started doing this, Dale. <laughs> great. Well, I love it, man. I, I do. Love love hearing love that. Yeah. <laughs> well,
2: you know, yeah, I I appreciate it, Andy, and uh, you know, uh, you know, so. Colton, what other questions do you have for us?
0: <laughs> yeah, to say you didn't give me much of a chance to jump in there. Well, you can tell
2: you're on a topic that we're both very passionate about, man. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you, turn. I mean, helping people to become leaders, man, is like it's like one of the most motivating, satisfying things that you can do as a human being. You know, so. So uh anyway, we Andy and I could probably sit here and talk about this all day.
1: I, I wish I wish every CEO was like Dale and, and had that vision for how developing their folks and, and their their leadership capabilities, not just executives but everybody's how that impacts the business and helps. Well, I will say, I will just
2: interrupt you there though, Andy, because I meant to say this when Colton said this is that you know, it wasn't any grand foreplanning planning on my part, okay? It was basically just believing in people from an organizational standpoint and saying, like, look, you know, these are these are great people that we have. Work They're the plus in, in the us in Dean Houston, you know? <laughs> and, you know, so what, you know, for me, getting satisfaction out of seeing people grow and becoming everything they can be. That's why we did I didn't do it with any grand idea that we're going to have a crisis someday. Holy cow. No. I wish we would have
1: never had this
2: crisis, you know, but uh, but I'm happy that we're equipped for it.
1: But you didn't just train these people for a crisis either. It's almost like that's a side benefit. If yeah. we hadn't had COVID, you'd be kicking butt the way you thought you were going to kick butt oh, yeah. at the beginning yeah. of the year, in January.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're still kicking butt, man. But, but you're I, still kicking
1: butt. You're just <laughs> doing it a different way. and You were able to- Yeah, yeah.
2: But to these guys, because they're the ones that are leading the charge, man, I got to tell you, I'm just I, they're they're making me get out of the way, you know, so, uh, which is good. But go ahead, Colton, we, we uh, gonna, no, I was going like, like, to hijack your, hijack your show, man.
0: Speaking <laughs> of get out of the way, but uh, no, I, yeah. really, I mean, you know, when I was thinking about this and, and what we were hoping to accomplish was really you know, provide the audience some insights if, you know, they were going through and, and trying to figure out how to apply leadership in, in current times right now and in times of crisis. But, but to synthesize it, and we got a ton of great foundational information there, which we'll come and visit here in a second. But the big takeaway, at least the, the way that I got it, is when these things happen, the most important thing that a, that a well-led organization can do is focus on that purpose mission and values be authentic to that and trust their team to really take charge of making sure, you know, like in our case here at Dean Dale, clients come first, right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and that's been an anchoring point for us. And I think one of the reasons that we've been able to keep it going and you were very clear about that, you know, and you have been very clear about that. So, When I think about that and for our audience's purposes, like that, that question, what can people do right now is, and it seems to me is, is define that, that overarching purpose and anchor everything to that.
2: Yeah. Let, Let me clarify one thing though, because, um, you know, you're right, but there, there's one part that, and I think Andy will agree with me on this. Even in our case, what, what I did, you know, when I, when I addressed the whole company and, and we, we needed to, to, to communicate and talk about what was going on with this COVID thing, okay, this crisis that was upon us. Where we told everybody to focus on our mission of building a business of enduring value, what does that mean? Okay, so, so we're building a business of enduring value. That's always our mission, okay? Okay. It is so that the cur- not only the current generation, but, few, but, but future generations will benefit from all of our efforts, okay? So, so everyone's job is to help build a greater company today so that we can, we can pass it along to the next generation, you know, uh, that's coming up behind us, you know? So the real, the thing that matters most at, at Dean Houston is, is, are the people in the organization that are making this happen, okay? So now... So that's what we looked at first. You know, how do we how do we make everybody in the organization, you know, understand that, that 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 we're still focused on this mission? You're still the most important thing that's going on here. Everybody's sitting here listening to this. You know, to all the people in the organization. So what I would reckon, would encourage any CEO or any leader to do is to say, make sure your people know they're your number one concern first. Okay. Now what I did is I in I didn't want people to look internal. I wanted him to say, "Look, and the way that you can best take care of yourself is to take care of somebody else. So turn your attention outward. Okay? Don't worry about yourself. You know, there was a famous, um, you know, uh, psychiatrist named Viktor Frankl, who was in Auschwitz concentration camp, and he developed a the 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 uh, the psychiatry of logotherapy. And what that basically sums up is that he he lost his whole family at Auschwitz." And what he did was he could turn into himself and feel sorry for himself and he could be scared for himself. And he he might have been, but he overcame all that because he turned his attention to all the other prisoners in the camp and said, my attention is on you. All right. And that's what I ask everybody in the organization to do is say, look, I care about you. And the way to best take care of you is to turn your attention to our customers because they're dealing with the same thing you are. You know, Mm -hmm. and so so you're right. You know, our, our culture is to take care of our customers first but realistically it's to make sure that everybody in the organization here is taken care of as well, you know, first and foremost. So anyway, I didn't, I didn't want to do it. I just wanted to clarify that point, you know, so everybody wants yeah. to care about their own employees and their own associates and people first and then direct their attention and lead them. Andy, do you want to add something to that? or? Uh, well, I'm, I'm just
1: agreeing with you. Part of the, the Magic for the reason that worked so well for you was it wasn't after the crisis started that you first started telling people I care for you, I want the best for you, and the best way is to take care of the customer.
2: Yeah, you had been
1: doing that for a long time. Yeah, yeah. It's the
2: Colton's right. right you said that. I just wanted to clarify that for CEOs or, or any leader that's out there listening to it, don't misunderstand it. Is care about your people first, right? And and then, but 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 direct them in the right way or give them the right vision or, or, or purpose to, to pursue. So,
1: uh, which, which ties into that piece I mentioned in passing a couple minutes ago about when we talk about the motivating environment, you got to get to know your people, really care deeply for them. Yeah. This is all pre-crisis. This is just part of good basic leadership. Yeah. You've been pretty much doing that. And so when the message goes out, now that the bullet's shot, the crisis is hit, you're not telling them something they've never heard before and they're, and they're not receiving that with, well, I wish you told me that six months ago or (laughs) yeah, he says that today. That's not what he was saying, you know, six weeks ago. I mean, it wasn't received that way.
2: Yeah. So let's pull Colton back in so he can pick up (laughs) where he left off there.
1: So,
0: I think about all this and like this idea, like empathy and and caring and focusing on a higher purpose. I mean, I'm an advocate, but I know some people listening, you know, they might hear that and and potentially be skeptical. Like how, what what type of business results or performance, I mean, can, can organizations really prescribe to this empathetic, you know, servant leadership model? How does that really benefit a business in the brass tacks? In it. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I, I will say this, and Andy can address this too. But I, I can tell you this: there's a lot of research out there on what they call classic capitalism versus social capitalism. Now, don't mistake social capitalism for socialism; it's not that at all. But what you can look at almost any organization out there that practices what we're talking about, particularly public companies, where there is where there is an emphasis on this, and there there is a lot of data on this that's quantifiable. Mm-hmm. You'll find that there is there is tons of data out there that says companies that focus on their people, focus on their purpose and their mission and the why of their business. uh, They are more profitable than companies that focus just on capitalism, the the classic capitalism, you know, which is expense and, you know, property and, you know, transactional. uh, Yeah. Transactional. They look at, they look at human beings as, as just a labor force. Uh, uh, You know, so, so, so there is a lot of data out there on that Colton. Andy?
1: Yeah, you know, there's, there's been some pretty good studies done over the years. One of the ones that is most direct to me that, that I found is was done by Deloitte, a big accounting firm who looked at a lot of businesses. And they ranked the business based on what they call leadership maturity. So leadership maturity would be businesses that have implemented a lot of these things Dale has talked about. Like Dean Houston is much more mature from a leadership standpoint than Than probably most businesses in your industry and what they found is the sales per employee of that kind of business of high levels of leadership maturity 37 percent higher on a sales per employee basis Mm -hmm. gross margins about nine percent higher wow Mm -hmm. about five times the ability to respond to change and about 10 times as capable in terms of succession planning so somebody classically gets hit by a bus or something resigns whatever retires they've got a bench there obviously just like dale's developing a bench Mm -hmm. to, to fill in for that and those those are just numbers to me but i remember once i worked for a a company that in fact i was an executive and a new executive new executive team had come in and we were instituting a lot of the lean-type processes and things like that. Things were a little out of date in terms of the way they ran. We just weren't seeing it show up in the bottom line. We were publicly traded. Most of our competitors were. So you had equivalent data. You could look at it. And guess how much less we were in terms of gross margin than our (laughs) nearest big competitors? Right around 10%. Right around that nine number.
2: Well, you uh, sales know, for
1: employee was <laughs> similar. It was like so
2: true. Um, you know, it's interesting, Andy. It. It's interesting, Andy, because you know all of our employees here at Sale Time. We are not interested in short-term transactions. We're only interested in, long, in long-term relationships. And and I can tell you right now that has made all the difference in our business. But there's a second part of that too. And and Colton has heard this a million times. Uh, he probably hears it every week when we do our all hands on deck employee meeting. And that is that, uh, you know, we don't do business with companies. We do business with people, other people. And, we, and, and I know that, that you hear that a lot, but no, our people really understand what it means. It's like, you know, we care about making you a success. You are successful. We'll, you'll make your company successful. Mm-hmm. We're going to focus on what you need us to do to help you succeed, you know. And I'll tell you, you know, our clients, they get that. They understand it's like, oh, shit, you know, okay, I need help here and here and here. And, and as long as you focus on the person and that's where the empathy starts, you know, you, and that's, that is a leadership thing that happens, you know, from an organization, you know, any organization that wants to succeed, as you're saying in oh, this classic capitalism is focused on what they can get from these companies. We're trying to say, what can we give these companies, you know, and that's the social capitalism. And so thank you for those statistics too, Andy, man. I, uh, I did, I did, we're, we're not pursuing numbers. So, you know, it's uh, it's great to hear that that's actually uh, there's actually quantifiable data that supports all that
0: that I was saying. Yeah,
1: there is. It's it's not shocking. Uh, Gallup came out with a book last year called "It's the Manager," and their focus is on employee engagement, which, by the way, in the U.S. is pretty bad right now. It's only about a third of all the employees are engaged, meaning that they um, understand and are behind their company's vision. And they feel like their manager, the person they immediately report to, cares about them professionally. Mm. It's taking care of them. And employee engagement, it turns into a, a, a culture, if you will, a working environment that you're in. And, and I've been in uh, most of my private sector career, more than half was with a, one particular a very large global business, and I was in a particular small business unit that was highly engaged. It was great. I mean, I I still we still have reunions 15 years later. Mm, that's folks cool. that worked in that. I mean, it was that kind of bonding experience, and we felt like we were changing the world. It was great. Um, the The innovation was through the roof. We'd do things. We'd do something for one customer, for example. A customer would come to us and say, eh, I'm having trouble with this. What can you do?" and We'd get creative about it with a bunch of engineers and figure out a solution for them and it worked for them. And then we'd, we'd say, wow, this could be a good product. we take it to other customers and pretty soon it's a, a business standing on its own. And in that kind of environment where you're bringing really that high-value solutions to your customers, it's not three bids in a buy environment anymore. Uh, you're, you're able to, you know, make that, higher gross margin, which then you can reinvest in more engineers and more products and better stuff. And you get this virtuous cycle going. We had that going and it, it was absolutely astoundingly great. You see the other kind of thing happen more in the transactional kind of businesses that you're talking about though, Dale, where all of a sudden it's like shaving pennies out of this. right? I you know, we can get by with nine people instead of 10. We can defer all of our leadership training. We don't need to do any of this or that. And, and uh, I, I've spent a few years at a couple of different places that were more like that. And they're usually not happy places to work. No, like,
2: absolutely not. There's yeah.
1: there a soft part of this as well as a, a hard dollar side of this too. And there's a lot of miserable people working in those kind of environments, which mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. kind of a sad way to spend your life. And you're yeah. and miserable at work. So, yeah, they're not engaged. They're showing up, punching the clock, getting a paycheck.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, Andy, on this particular thing in, in this moment of crisis, you know, and, and Colton can can uh, talk about this is one of the things I told everybody is, like, just remember, we're not doing business with companies. We're doing yeah. business with people. Think about the anxiety. Think about the stress that your clients are going through right now I want everybody to walk out of this room today I want you to call your client and I want you to ask them. I don't want you to ask them one thing about business I want to know what's going on in their life what is happening are you okay what are you worried about what are you concerned about now I'm going to tell you right now and and that's not to get more business from them it is to say like these people think about it you guys don't look at yourself yeah there there's people that are worried about you you should worry about these folks. They're your friends. You work with these people every single day. You know, mm-hmm, I'll mm-hmm. tell you what, so many people came back to me and said, that was the greatest thing I ever did. We talked for an hour and, and we talked about their kids and we talked about their, their they were buying a house and they're doing, these things. all these things are important to human beings. So in a moment of crisis, like, you know, the human side of this, this is where you have to turn to, whether it's your employees, your client, your, you know, your customers, whatever it may be remember we're still all human beings all this is made up you know all this thing about having to work to make a living to do all that hey this is all made up we made this up as societies Yes. Yeah. or people or people whether there were jobs or not human beings still have feelings you know they still have they, they they have uh you know fears they have uncertainty they have doubts they have concerns they're worried about their livelihood they're worried about their families their dreams i mean you know Absolutely. really when you care about that now let's brainstorm. Let's see, how can we work on this together to make sure that all those things can still happen? And what will happen for you in a moment of, of crisis? Everyone, you know, one of the things that we have at our organization is we only have two rules and everybody that comes on, these are two principles, I should say. And this is what they are. Number one is, you know, for every new person that starts there, it's like, make this the place your customers want to do business with, that they love to do business with. Make this the place your customers love to do business with. I can't tell you how to do that, but I'll empower you to do that. You do do this, you know how to do this, but do it with the people. You're not working for companies, you're working for people, okay? So what do you do to make your client, your company, your, your, your client who works for a company, what do you make it to make them love to do business? The second one is make this the place your coworker loves to be a part of, okay? Now, why do I say that instead of, like, make this a place you love to be a part of? And the reason why is because if every day people walk in that front door and they think about how they can make this the place their coworker loves to be a part of, they've got a, in our organization 120 other people trying to make it the place they love to be a part of instead of if yeah. you're all focused on making a place you love to be a part of, you're cutting out all the people that can make it great for you, okay? So we just... Re- First, that as well on the leadership side is to say, in this moment of crisis, all right, now turn that around. Make sure that you're 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 going to walk into our event and say, how can you make this better today for your client, the person who you rely on for your livelihood? How are you going to make their life better today? First thing is just listen to them, understand what their what their fears are, what their concerns are, and we did that with every employee too. You know, like yeah. we to address that you know with all of them. And it makes a huge difference from a leadership standpoint. It does. Know your people.
1: Yeah, yeah. know your people. And so those, those, it goes back to us, I kind of started earlier with saying, you know, a lot of these things we teach leaders aren't just for executives. Somebody may have no direct reports and isn't a manager or leader in the classic definition of word, but they're still a leader. They're a leader in that case with their client. Person And they're getting to know and care deeply about that client and be able to help coach them, benefit them, mm-hmm. collaborate with them in a, in a very positive way for both sides. You know, very win-win opportunity there.